Welcome to the Merkle Treehouse. Today is Wednesday, April 26, 2023, and I am your host, Audrey Merkel. I've been looking forward to this one. We've got Morton Anger and Major Steele in studio. But first, Horace Morris and the Merkle Treehouse Band. With the United States, China, and Russia accounting for 56% of total global expenditure, worldwide military spending hit a record high in 2022, according to a report by Stockholm International Peace Research Institute. Will the idea of world peace ever become fashionable again? To discuss this alarming rise in military spending, please welcome Major Nathaniel P. Steele of the U.S. Space Force and award-winning journalist Morton Anger. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. It is good to see you again, Audrey. Morton, what are your reactions to this alarming SEPA report? Audrey, as we sit here today, global military spending has reached an all-time high of $2.24 trillion. This is a shocking number, and it speaks to a world that is becoming increasingly insecure and unstable. The rise in military spending is a direct result of our current monetary system, the fiat system. Under this system, Countries can finance wars by borrowing money and devaluing their currencies, and as a result, their spending on warfare is no longer constrained. But this cycle of war and spending is a vicious one. The more we spend on war, the more we need to borrow and print money, and the more we print and borrow, the more wars we need to fight. This is a never-ending cycle that enriches the military-industrial complex at the expense of ordinary people. But it doesn't have to be this way. We have the opportunity to change the system to move towards a sound money solution like Bitcoin. Bitcoin offers a way to break this cycle, to end the endless wars and to put the power back in the hands of the people. Major Steele, your response? I appreciate the points made by Morton on military spending. While Mr. Anger argues for a sound money solution like Bitcoin to limit military spending and end endless wars, I propose a different approach. We need to recognize that the world is not always a peaceful place and we cannot rely on a purely defensive approach to security. Military spending is necessary for deterrence and protection against threats both terrestrial and extraterrestrial, and we are rapidly running out of time to prepare for the possibility of an alien attack. As I argue in my upcoming thesis, Bitcoin, have fun waging war. We should not shy away from waging war against both Bitcoin and fiat economies. I propose engaging the world in a Bitcoin mining hash war, a term I coined and Max Kaiser stole from me. This tactic can distract other nations so that the U.S. can launch nuclear weapons and overwhelm them. I call this strategy hash and smash. This will ensure that all nations become our allies. Then we can take over lower Earth orbit and create a powerful hash force field from mining Bitcoin. This is a necessary maneuver as we must get the planet on one page to prepare humanity for the inevitable encroachment from alien invaders. Audrey, with all due respect to the Major, we are listening to the ravings of a lunatic. Bitcoin offers a way to ensure that our money is not devalued and that we can finance only the necessary and justifiable military operations. Bitcoin promotes accountability and transparency, ensuring that we can track where our money is going and how it is being used. And it offers a way to limit the power of the military-industrial complex, preventing them from using our money to perpetuate endless wars and conflicts while debasing the value of our money in the process. Now, I understand that some may find my thesis controversial. But please hear me out. The current global military spending of $2.24 trillion is simply not enough. 
The world, specifically the United States, needs to spend more to ensure our security and to defend ourselves against any threats to our way of life. Yes, it may be expensive, but it is a necessary investment to protect ourselves and our allies from those who seek to harm us. Moreover, relying solely on Bitcoin to promote global stability is short-sighted. Bitcoin cannot defend us against physical threats or deter potential enemies. It is simply a decentralized digital currency, not a military force. If we were to rely solely on Bitcoin, we would be vulnerable to attack and unable to respond to any threats effectively. You are missing the point. It's fiat money that has warped incentives in the first place. We need to start by acknowledging that our current monetary system is fundamentally broken. It encourages wars, enriches the military-industrial complex, and undermines our democracy. Mr. Anger, you've gone beyond the pale in demonizing the entire military-industrial complex. It's not all about the big defense contractors like Halliburton and Lockheed Martin. What about all the small arms dealers around the world? They are hard-working folks and entrepreneurs. Regular people just like you and I trying to make a living and provide for their families. They are a vital part of the economy and they play a crucial role in maintaining our security. We can't just ignore them and pretend they don't exist. We need to support them and give them the resources they need to succeed. I say the war profiteers need to seek employment elsewhere. We need to move towards a sound money solution like Bitcoin, one that will promote peace and prosperity and ensure that our money is being used in the best interest of the people. It is imperative that we demand an end to the unceasing wars that have plagued our world for far too long. We must seize this opportunity to call for change and demand a new monetary system that works in favor of the people, not against them. Together, we can strive for a world that is more peaceful, more just, and more equitable, where our money is not used to fuel the military-industrial complex and perpetuate endless conflicts. Peace in our time is not just a distant dream, but a tangible reality that we can achieve through our collective effort and determination. Major Steele, I'll give you the last word. I agree that Mr. Anger's call for a sound money solution like Bitcoin is a valid one. We must also recognize the importance of military spending in maintaining our national security. The world is not a peaceful place, and we must be prepared for any potential threats, whether they be domestic or foreign, including the possibility of an alien attack. Military spending should not be limited in the name of promoting peace. It is imperative that we invest in the readiness and capabilities of our armed forces and remain strong and vigilant in the face of potential threats. Gentlemen, thank you for the spirited debate. Morton will see you again on Sunday. Thank you, Audrey. It certainly is nice to be back with you in the studio. Indeed. And Major Steele, when will your thesis be released? Thank you for asking, Audrey. I am just now putting final touches on my thesis, Bitcoin, Have Fun Waging War. So likely in a matter of weeks. It goes much further in scope than Major Lowry's disappointing thesis, Soft War. You should not buy his thesis. You should wait for mine to be released. He stole many of my ideas anyway. Thank you, gentlemen. And now, we're excited to bring you the next installment of Professor Pinto Pete's Bitcoin White Paper Lecture Series. So let's head out to the range and join him for part two. Pinto, take it away. Well, howdy, y'all. It's me again, Pinto Pete, and I'm back with part two of our Bitcoin White Paper Lecture Series. Last time we had ourselves a little chat, we went over the abstract and introduction of the white paper. That's where that sharp dude Satoshi laid out all the problems with the current system, like having to put too much trust in third parties. But today we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of transactions and how they work. First off, let's talk about wallets. Now, wallets ain't like the ones you keep in your back pocket. 
They're more like digital storage spaces where you keep the keys that can unlock the Bitcoin you have stored on the time chain. Every wallet has a public key, which is like an address, and that's how folks can send you Bitcoin. But here's the real kicker. Every wallet also has a private key, and that's like the key to your safe. You gotta keep that key secure, because if you lose it, you lose your Bitcoin. And let me tell you, that's like losing all the cash you got in your real wallet. It ain't a good feeling. Good Lord, Pinto. Sounds like you can lose your Bitcoin pretty easy. Well now, Slowpoke, don't you go getting your britches in a bunch? Sure, back in the early days of Bitcoin, things were a bit like the Wild West. But you know what? Bitcoin wasn't worth a plugged nickel back then. Over the years, there have been all sorts of Bitcoin improvement proposals like BIP39 that have made it easier for folks to secure their Bitcoin. It's a real game changer, let me tell you. But all that goes beyond the scope of this here lecture series, partner. We'll have to save that for another day. For now, let's focus on what the white paper has to say about transactions. So, when you want to send Bitcoin to somebody else, you got to sign the transaction with your private key. That way, the network knows you're the rightful owner of those Bitcoin, and it'll let you send them off to whoever you want. But here's the catch. What if you try to send the same Bitcoin to two different folks at the same time? Oh, y y yeah, I know. We talked about this the last t t time. It was called d double spending. Right, Pinto? That's right, Curly. Double spending. And it's a big old problem. Because if you can just copy and paste your Bitcoin all over the place, they still ain't worth a plugged nickel. That's where the time chain comes in and makes Bitcoin so valuable today. See, every time somebody sends some Bitcoin, that transaction gets recorded on the time chain for everybody to see. And each transaction is like a link in a chain with the digital signatures of the previous owner and the next owner. That way, you can see the whole history of that Bitcoin, from the moment it was created to the moment it ended up in your wallet. And if somebody tries to double spend that Bitcoin, the network will catch them red-handed, because they'll be trying to spend a Bitcoin that's already been spent. Well, how do we know the time chain is accurate, Pinto? That's a good question, Slowpoke. We know it's accurate because there ain't no central authority keeping track of everything. But here's the genius part. Everybody on the network gets a copy of the time chain, and they all keep it up to date by checking each other's work. That way, if somebody tries to mess with the time chain, the other folks on the network will know right away and they'll kick them off. Well, d-d-dang! If everybody has a cut copy of the time chain, then that don't s sound too private for my Bitcoin. Well now, Curly, that's a mighty astute observation, but there are actually methods you can use to protect your privacy on the Bitcoin network. It's a real important issue, and we're going to cover it in this here lecture series. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, partner. We'll cover the privacy aspects of Bitcoin in due time. So, there you have it, folks. That's how transactions work in the world of Bitcoin. It's a bit like having a bunch of folks checking each other's math homework. But instead of getting graded, you get some sweet, sweet Bitcoin. Next time around, we're going to dive deep into how the Bitcoin time chain works. It's a real important concept, and we're going to make sure you understand it inside and out. So be sure to join us for part three in this here Bitcoin white paper lecture series. It's going to be a real hoot. Thank you, Pinto. I can't wait. Make sure to tune in this Sunday for part three of Professor Pinto Pete's Bitcoin white paper lecture series. To close things out, we have another hilarious comedy set from the Chuckle Chamber in Garfield Heights, Ohio. The very talented Sarah Nichols. Sarah, over to you. Hey.
Hey everyone, it's your girl Sarah Nichols. I'm a stand-up comedian, but I'm also a woman who knows how to keep her eye on the ball. And when I saw that worldwide military spending is at an all-time high of $2.24 trillion, my first thought was, wow, that's a lot of money to spend on something you hope you'll never use. But my second thought was, maybe I should start dating a congressman who knows how to invest in the right stocks. I mean, let's be real, these guys are practically day traders with all the insider information they get. I'm starting to think that maybe instead of swiping right on Bumble, I should be swiping right on C-SPAN. I'm not saying that I would use them for their money or anything like that. But let's be real. If you're not using someone for their insider information, what's even the point of dating them? It's like dating a chef, but refusing to eat any of their food. What's the point? But wow, that military spending. $2.24 trillion. Can you imagine? You know what's like military spending? My dating life. Both are an endless cycle of pouring money and effort into something that never seems to end. But let's be real. Dating a congressman comes with its own set of risks. I mean, what if we break up and he starts leaking classified information about my dating history? Suddenly, my ex-boyfriends are national security threats. And you thought revenge porn was bad. But seriously, I don't think I'd want to date a guy who's used to throwing around billions of dollars like it's nothing. I mean, how can you expect him to take me out for a nice dinner when he's used to spending that kind of money on missiles and tanks? Plus, I've had enough of guys who only want to talk about themselves and their accomplishments. I don't need to hear about how many countries he's invaded or how many weapons he's sold to dictators. I just want a guy who can make me laugh, pay for dinner, and maybe help me understand Bitcoin. Is that too much to ask for? Thank you, folks. Have a good night. Thank you, Sarah. Very funny stuff. And that does it for episode 18 of the Merkle Treehouse, folks. Thank you all for following along and please join us again on Sunday. I'm Audrey Merkel reminding you to buy Bitcoin, spread love, and change the world. Send us all home, fellas. Hey folks, it's Sammy Nash. Please spread the word by sharing with all your friends. Pretty please? With sugar on top? 